I'm going to ask you to remain standing together with me. Take your Bibles and turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1. Our first uh, scripture reading comes from uh, the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 5. Genesis chapter 1, 1 to 5. The word of the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, there was morning the first day. Turn to the Gospel of John. This morning we are going to uh, begin a new sermon series on the Gospel of John. And we will uh, focus on chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 this morning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, you are the God of the Word. You are the author of the Word of God. And as we sang together, before the reading of God's word, now we pray that we will, you would give us the ability like you gave to your servant Samuel to say to you, our God, Master, speak to me, speak to us. Your servant, your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As I already mentioned it, this morning we will start a new sermon series on the Gospel of John. And those of you who studied the Gospel of John before, you would recall, you would remember that the Gospel of John as a portrait of Jesus Christ. The Gospel of John is a picture of Jesus Christ, his life, his person, his work. The Gospel of John is a picture of Jesus Christ as the eternal Son of God who became human. We see that declared in verse 14, And the Word became flesh. And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is Christ, the eternal Word of God. 
The Gospel of John shows you the glory of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Gospel of John shows you the majesty, the glory, and the sovereign power of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, not only as your Savior, but as God. The Gospel of John wants to show you the real identity of, your, uh, of uh, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And for those of you who doesn't know it yet, the Gospel of John was written by John, one of Jesus' disciples whom Jesus loved. Does that uh, surprise you that John, the author of this book, calls himself, makes a, referen a reference to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved? Think about that. You know, I'm writing a book, and I'm telling my audience, by the way, Jesus loves me. I am one of those disciples whom Jesus loved. We, we see that uh, in John 21, 20. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them. The one who also had leaned back against him during the supper. You see, he was making a reference to himself. He, he is the writer of this book and he's telling you that he's a disciple whom Jesus loved. Let me ask you now, why do you think John refers himself or to himself as a disciple whom Jesus loved? Was he um, um, elevating himself above the other disciples? Was that a matter of pride? What, what was John doing when he was making a reference to himself as a disciple whom Jesus loved. The more I think about it, the more I study about it, that was not pride. That was actually humility. And this is what was going on in his mind every time he refers to himself as a disciple whom Jesus loved. It was because he was always in wonder and awe over the fact that Jesus actually loves him. Are you on that wonder and awe in your Christian life over the fact that Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, God himself, loves you? Does that astonish you? Does that surprise you as a Christian? Who am I to be loved by Jesus? That was what was going on in his mind. And that's how you and I should respond to the love of Christ as Christians, as believers. Of course, Jesus loved all of them, but John felt that love as a special love. And what does that show you about the Gospel of John? It was written by a disciple who was very close to Jesus Christ. This book, the Gospel of John, is a very close account, you see. It was not written by someone after many, many years trying to figure out who Jesus was. It was written by an eyewitness who had this um, intimate uh, spiritual relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. John 21, 24. This is the disciple 
who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things and we know that his testimony is true. This is John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And he wrote everything that he saw, everything that he experienced in the life of his master and teacher, Jesus Christ. And what is the purpose of this book? What is the purpose of the Gospel of John? It is mentioned for us clearly in chapter 20, verse 30 and 31. I'm going to read it for you. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. This book, this book was written not only to tell you who Jesus was, to show you that Jesus was God, that he was deity. But this book was written so that you would believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And by believing in him, that you would have eternal life. That was the purpose of the Gospel of John. I'm going to tell you this morning. You might know things about Jesus. You might know that Jesus was God. God in the flesh. You might have all this knowledge. All this understanding. But listen to this. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as the Messiah for your salvation, for your redemption. What you know is in vain. You know, John started his life and apostleship as a son of thunder. With his brother James, you remember them calling fire to come down from heaven and consume the enemies of Christ? That's how his life and ministry began. He was a man of temper. But through time, you see, uh, he got tempered and uh, he became known as the apostle of love. John, in the Gospel of John, mentions love 80 times. Do you know that? 80 times he mentions love. He was also concerned concerning truth. 25 times in his Gospel he mentions truth. And 20 times in his epistles he mentions truth. So 45 times he talks about truth. 80 times he talks about love. And do you know, put them together. Do you know what John wants you to do? John wants you to believe the truth about Jesus Christ and have a loving relationship with the Lord. That's what John wants to see in your life. That's what John wants to see in the life of each individual believer. To believe in the truth of who Jesus is, that Jesus is God, the Son of God, God in the flesh, and believing in Him that you would have eternal life. What is the message of the Gospel of John? We saw the purpose was the message of the Gospel of John. This is the message of the Gospel of John. If you forget, you know, the other things, forget this. The eternal God Himself has become human. 
The creator has become part of his creation. Fully God and fully man. Why? That he might save sinners from sin, death, judgment, and eternal hell. That's why Jesus became human. That's why God took human flesh and dwelt among us. The ultimate goal was to save us from our sin. To save us from judgment. God's judgment. And to save us from eternal destruction in hell. You see, in this book, the Gospel of John, John wants you to know and understand the real identity of Jesus Christ as God. You see, John doesn't want you to go through all the experiences that he and the other disciples went. I'll give you an example. When Jesus, when Jesus turned the water into wine, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, when Jesus fed the 5,000 uh, people with uh, just uh, uh, five loaves and two fish, what was the reaction of the disciples, including John, the writer of the Gospel of John? What was the reaction? Was it, praise God, we see God? No, the reaction was, who is this? Who is this? He's doing things that only God can do. Who is this? They were confused. They were um, disturbed about the identity of Jesus Christ. And John, you see, from his experience as an apostle, he doesn't want you to be in that position. He wants you to know Jesus. He wants you to know the real identity of Jesus. That's why you see, unlike, unlike Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you don't see John focusing on the birth of Jesus Christ, on the trial of Jesus, death of Jesus, resurrection of Jesus. He's going to talk about those things. But his main focus on the gospel of, in the Gospel of John is the supernatural side of Jesus. He wants you to go back to eternity and know your Savior as the eternal Word of God who became flesh. You know, there are many, many people in our world today who doesn't worship Jesus as God. Mormons, Muslims, Jehovah Witnesses. They believe that Jesus was created by the Father. They believe that Jesus is actually the brother of Lucifer and the brother of Adam. And they don't bow down and worship Jesus as God. As the second person of Trinity. Distinct uh, person of the, the, the Godhead. The Son of God. But God himself. They don't worship him as God. And John, you see, wants you to join Thomas, one of the disciples, in saying, you know, to Jesus, my Lord and my God. John wants you to know Jesus not only as your Savior, not only as your shepherd, but also as your God. You see, that's the reason why John takes you to before time, before creation. And he tells us uh, three things about, about this, uh, 
this Jesus, the, the eternal word. First, uh, it's pre-existence. And then it's identity. And then it's relationship with God, the Father, and then with his people, you know, to his people and the world. So first, I want us to consider uh, its pre-existence. John said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the beginning was the Word. Uh, Now, the first thing that I want you to, I want you all to know and understand is uh, the term Word that John is using here is in reference to Jesus Christ. The word here, the Greek word logos, you see he's using this word, the term word logos in reference to Jesus Christ in verse 14. The word became flesh. So in the mind of John, unlike the Greek uh, philosophers and uh, people in John's time, in the mind of John, uh, logos uh, was not uh, a non-personal force. A non-personal agent of wisdom, you know, a supernatural wisdom, but not personal. That's what Greek philosophers believed in John's time. That's how they were using logos. But you see what John is doing. John is telling them and all of us, no, 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 no. Logos, the word, is not non-personal force agent of wisdom. He's actually a personal God who became human. Who took him on flesh. You people are saying he's non-personal. No, I'm saying he's personal. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's the God-man. In the beginning was the Word. That's what uh, John is uh, doing here. Explaining uh, who Jesus was, who the eternal word was. John is telling his readers and all of us this morning that Jesus, the eternal word, was God's revelation to us. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, long ago, at many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in, this, in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. You see, Logos for John was a message, the totality of God's message. You see, you think about the person of Jesus Christ, the life of Jesus Christ, the teachings of Jesus Christ. What do you get from all those things? A message. A message from God. What message? Well, believe in my son as God, as human, God uh, in the flesh, and you will have eternal life. That's the message, you see. So John is saying here, well, this, this word, this logos, is God's message, God's revelation of God for us. And he was, in the beginning, 
In the beginning of what? In the beginning of Genesis 1.1. You see, John, what John is saying here, when God created the universe and everything that exists, the word was. See, Jesus was. He's eternal. He's not part of creation. He was not created. He was. He was before time. He's not part of God's creation. He's not part of matter and space. He's outside of God's creation. In fact, he created everything that exists. We'll come to that. But the first thing that, you know, John wants you to understand is uh, the eternal world didn't start when creation started. He was before creation. And what is the importance of that uh, for us? In Revelation 19, 13 and 15, listen to uh, John. He is clothed in a robe, dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the word of God. Verse 15. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with, with which to strike down the nations. And he will rule them with the rod of iron. Who is this eternal word? Jesus. He was called the word of God. The wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30 And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God. Not non-personal force, agent, or, you know, order of the system around us. No, the eternal word is the eternal son of God. And he existed before anything started to exist. He was existing. And the Word was already existing. The Word who is none other than the Son of God. Jesus was already in existence when God created everything that exists. Now listen to this carefully. If he's not part of creation, he's not part of time and space. He's God. He's eternal. Then... It means he's eternal. You see, John is affirming Jesus' pre-existence. He didn't begin with the beginning. You see, you hear that? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. He's not part of creation. He's not created being. Time began with creation, not him. He is Outside of time and space. Jesus told the Pharisees when they asked him, Are you greater than our father Abraham? You remember his response? His response was in John 8, 58. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Before Abraham was, I am. I am the great I am. I am a self-existing God. I am God. Yes, I'm greater than Abraham. Abraham worshipped me because I am God. Because he understood that I am God. Jude 1.25 To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory in, in uh, 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 majesty, dominion, and authority 
before all time. You see? Before all time. Be glory to Jesus. Who is the Jesus? The only God who is also our Savior. Be glory to him when? Before time and now and forevermore. What does that show you? He is your God. He is to be worshipped. Secondly, his identity. Who is Jesus? Think about his identity. In the beginning was the word. And now the identity comes. And the word was with God. God the Father. And the word being God was with God. How, how would that happen? How would, you, how would you understand that? Well, he's a distinct person. Same in glory, same in majesty. He is God, but when it comes to his identity, he is with God. To do what? To make the Father known to us. Listen to John in verse 18, chapter 1. No one has ever seen God. Why? Because God is spirit. Because God is invisible. No one has ever seen God. The only God. The only God. This is not the Father. This is the Son. But God. The only Son who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Do you see two persons? That's why we believe in the doctrine of Trinity. One God in three persons. Three distinct persons. It is not like, you know, God acts as, as a father one, one time, and then as a son here, and then as the Holy Spirit here. If that's the case, then how would you understand Jesus' baptism, the Father speaking from heaven, the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus, and Jesus being baptized? You see three persons. But one God. One God in three persons. Even Jesus himself has testified about his identity in the book of Proverbs chapter, chapter 8. I don't know if you have come across those verses before, but listen to this. Proverbs 8, 27 to 31. When he established the heavens, this is the sun. Witnessing about his identity. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above. When he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit. So that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then... I was beside him like a master work, workman, and I was daily in his delight, rejoicing before him always. You see, Jesus is saying, I coexisted or coexist with the Father as a son, but also as God. 
also as God. Philippians 2, 5, 7. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, though he was God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of man. He was God. But because he was appointed by the Father as a mediator, because he, he came to die on the cross as the Son of God, as the only mediator between God and man, he humbled himself before the Father, became a servant. Colossians 2.9, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. On him? On Jesus. He's God. He's God. A distinct person. The second person of Trinity. You know, as we study the Gospel of John, the Holy Spirit will show up. We'll see the Holy Spirit as the third person of Trinity. Now we come to its relationship to God and His people. What is His relationship to God the Father? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. Two phrases, you see. The word was with God and the word was God. This is why, you see, the church through all the ages believes or believed in the doctrine of Trinity. One God in three persons, the Father, God the Son, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Listen, Jesus was not created. As I told you before, and I want to say it again, he is outside of creation, outside of space and time. In relation to the Father, he is God. He is God. In the scripture, the Son had a relationship to God. His relationship was the, perf- was the perfect image of God. John 1.18 I already read it for you. But Hebrews 1.3, he is the, the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. You see, Jesus, the Son, helps us to understand the Father, to see the Father who is spirit. Philip, one of the disciples, asked Jesus, he pleaded with Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and, his, and it is enough for us. And Jesus replied, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. I and the Father are one. We're one. You worship the Father, you worship the Son, you worship the Holy Spirit, you worship the triune God, Philip. When you see me, you see the Father. Then we come to his relationship with us, his relationship with the world. In verse 3, you have that relationship. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. I'm sure maybe all of you or most of you, you always hear this knock at your door by the Jehovah Witnesses. And when you engage them in a conversation, they will tell you, you see, he was the agent of creation, 
but he himself was created. Isn't that what they tell you all the time? When they say that to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, you should bring them to John 1, 3. All things were made through him. He is the agent of creation. In Psalm 33, 6, the psalmist tells us the world, the universe was created by the power of the word of God. Yes, he was the agent. But listen to this. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That makes him outside of creation. Outside of space and time. Show them that. They will leave your house peacefully. Because it's plain, it's clear. Who is he in relation to us? He's the creator. He's not, your, he's not only your savior. He's not only your redeemer. He's not only your shepherd, your teacher. He is your creator. As I told you, you see, the Mormons, the Jehovah Witnesses, the Muslims would tell you, no, no, he was a created spirit. He was a created being. And those of you who know church history, one of the church fathers, Athanasius, fought against this heresy that we call Arianism. He fought against this heresy to the extent that he was banished, punished from his own land so many times. And the famous, the famous uh, uh, quote about him was Athanasius against the whole world. Athanasius said, if the whole world is against the truth that Jesus is God, I am against the whole world. That's why we always hear Athanasius against the world. He gave up his own life to this truth. Some people they say, why do I study church history? I don't need church history. No, you need church history. Because many have given their life for the truth. Truths like this. Because Arius... The heretic denied the deity of Christ. He said, no, he was created. He's not God. And Athanasius said, no, he is God. God in the flesh. So, beloved, this morning, I want to ask you this. Every Sunday you come to church, every time you worship God, do you also worship Jesus? Do you bow down and worship Jesus as God? Do you know Jesus as God? As creator? One who created everything that exists in the universe. And there was nothing that was created that was not created by him and he was outside of creation. He's your God. Jesus is your God. 
and he's worthy of your worship. So individually and together as the church of Jesus Christ, let us keep worshiping Jesus as God. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the insight and revelation, understanding that you granted to us in your holy and infallible and life-giving word of God. Thank you for Jesus, the eternal word who became human to save us from our sin, from death and eternal hell and judgment. Oh Lord, help us as the church of Jesus Christ, all of us together, the whole church, to worship your son Jesus Christ as God, to know him as God, to adore him as God, to even join Thomas in saying, my Lord and my God. In his name we pray. Amen.